You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to uh, the Oz Network for yet another recap episode uh, of your favourite show since Murphy Brown and Murder She Wrote. It is lost. We are back. Um, into season four, now onto the second episode. Now that, now that season three, the long, the long con is over. Uh, we're 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 already about halfway through season four now. <laughs> it's a very short one, so um, yeah, we're we're moving through it now. Uh, my name is Noah, and I am both a head case, a ghostbuster, an anthropologist, and a drunk, especially the last one. And, Noah, if you're going to sleep with my daughter, I insist you call me Ben. <laughs> Wasn't it you that was coming to my daughter? Yes. It's been a while since we recorded season one. Yes. It's been a while since I've needed to come after your daughter. I think I'm kind of covered now for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm good now. I found someone else's daughter. It's all fine. Uh <laughs> You don't want to jinx yourself. Eh. Um, it's going to happen. Yeah, well, you keep it that way and leave my daughter out of it. Um, <laughs> we're, we're into season uh, season four, episode two, which aired on February 7th, 2008. So 11 years ago at the time of recording. Uh Written by Drew Goddard and Brian K. Vaughan, directed by Stephen Williams. Uh, and this episode is called Confirmed Dead, which uh, it's a pretty good follow-up episode, but I, I'd say it's quite a unique episode at the time, and it definitely definitely feels like an episode that's in the later, the later seasons of Lost. It doesn't feel like an old-school episode, but... Uh, from the premiere, I think it's a pretty pretty decent continuation. I, I really like this episode. Uh, I think kind of now that I've taken the time to re-watch this show a couple of times in close proximity, I think kind of, you know, I, I know a lot more what's happening, so I, I guess I can appreciate what's going to happen as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think this episode is really, really enjoyable. I think it kind of just the way it all works, and I like sort of our mini flashbacks here with our, our new char- our new characters. So, um, yeah, I I actually quite enjoy this episode. And also because we finally get to meet Lapidas! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite unique to introduce new characters like this and give them their flashback uh, in their first ever episode um, rather than getting to know them and then going back and looking at their past. Um, I can't help but think that this flashback is probably a result of A, shorter seasons, and B, the writer's strike. Because I do imagine the original intention was to have a Faraday, a Charlotte, and a Miles episode each in this season. It doesn't feel like... Uh, it was always an intention to fit everything into one episode, even if it does kind of work. Yeah, I, I'd say that. And, I mean, what we've got 14 episodes this season, so we're about 10 episodes shorter than we usually are. So it would have made sense to kind of have a full one. But I don't know. There's just something almost about it that works. Like, 
Again, I don't know if that just comes from having watched this, you know, close proximity to each other, so you kind of know these characters. But I, I don't know. I, I never really felt like we needed much more than what we get. Um, you know, Charlotte, meh, I don't give two shits about. But, I mean, Miles and Faraday, I, I love them as characters. And there's just something almost intriguing to get just such a little taste of them that kind of you, you do want to know more and without blowing your wad straight away with a full-length episode kind of on all of them. So... I don't know. I think it just it works very well with each other, kind of particularly how they all play off each other as well. And, you know, just like the, the mysteries around sort of Miles, kind of, you know, Ghostbuster guy and Faraday just crying and then Lapidas, you know, with the whole, oh, I, used, I was a pilot and Charlotte's in the desert. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it kind of works, but I also could have seen that they could have easily done full-length flashbacks on them as well. I do wish that we got... It's hard because season four is good because it doesn't have much filler. But I do kind of wish we got full episodes of these characters, maybe as well as this episode in this season. Uh, Miles and Faraday get a episode each next season. But even by then, it's, it's not even really a traditional flashback. It's more let's show them when they're a kid, then let's show them right before they come to the island. It's, it's quite a stretched out type flashbacks so they never really get uh normal flashbacks and this is uh poor old frank lapidus's one and only flashback you'll get in his three seasons of law oh man like i i yeah that's not fair lapidus is just awesome like the whole song like <laughs> lapidus like it's so true because this like has anyone ever disliked or said a bad word against lapidus <laughs> i he was never meant to be one of the main main characters. He was always meant to be this fun little side, like a Bernard or a Rose. But I do think we were robbed of not getting, not getting at least one Lapidus episode. And he's not even in the Flash sideways, so Aww. Lapidus gets a bit uh, robbed by the end of this whole. Well, he does thing. survive. He's one of the what like five <laughs> that survive in the end. So <laughs> well, he's got that. Spoiler alert. Uh... <laughs> Uh-huh. He wears a cool I, uh, shirt in this episode in the Bahamas. I've always, uh, I've never disliked uh, the Freight of Folk, but Lapidus, Faraday, and Mars have never been some of my favourite characters. They've always been uh, just a kind of middle road. I've ne- some people adore Faraday, and I, I like those three characters, but just in this one episode, I, I'm on board. Like, I've really. <laughs> I think my feelings on all three characters, even though I've always liked all three, I think are going to go up uh, quite a bit on this rewatch because I was loving watching them. Um, but, yeah, this is the introduction to the Freighter folk, other than a little bit of Daniel at, at the end of, uh, end of last episode. And also a, a, a flashback from, oh, what was his name? Was it like Ron or... Uh, yeah, it was Ron who was on the camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Ron on the camera looking for the wreckage gets the same amount of flashbacks as uh, Lapidus and more than Rousseau ever got. Poor Rousseau. Uh, that's good to have a Ron flashback. Um, but we'll get into the little kind of mini-movie flashbacks here. Um, a, a bit like Greatest Hits uh, with Charlie last season. Each each flashback is from a different character's perspective, and 
Uh, the first one is where the title comes from, which is Confirmed Dead. And we start, uh, what is it, like drones that are on a salvage looking through the water. Terrible graphics, but it's TV 2008. Like, what are we going to do? Um, and then they're, they're going around the ridge. They're looking on the camera. There's two guys talking. One of them, Ron. Uh, so there's not much about Ron on on Lostpedia other than status. He's alive. Oh, um, good. We don't know that. But uh, well, my favorite actually then, unnamed. I, I I think that unnamed is uh, my favorite. Oh, I'm more of a Ron guy, but I can see where you're going. With unnamed that. ROV oh. operator. Uh, name unknown. <laughs> Origin unknown. Profession ROV <laughs> operator. Connection found stage flight eight one fifth eight fifteen wreckage. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't well, even say who it's by. The, who plays him? The camera is uh, going through the ridge, and then yeah, they they do find the plane of eight one five, um, which. I don't know if you remember watching this at the time. Uh, I know this kind of still leads into uh, like the purgatory thing, but I think I always, I think I always kind of figured this wasn't actually the plane. I don't think I was ever fooled by thinking that oh, the plane never crashed or anything like that. I I remember watching it and kind of just being a bit shocked and sort of you know thinking hard like what the hell's going on, but. I'd, I mean, I don't think I ever bought into the purgatory thing either because, to me, that was one of those things that, um, you know, obviously I didn't really read a whole lot of fan forums and things like that, so I didn't sort of follow the fan community. But I do remember, I don't know if it was my dad or somebody said to me, like, oh, my God, Ben, it's been confirmed that, you know, like, the whole time they're actually in purgatory. Like, this is actually what's happening. <laughs> so, like, kind of, you get told that, and I'm kind of like, oh, is it, though? Like, you know, like, it just, <laughs> it's one of these things where it's like, no, but I heard it. Like, it was on the radio. Like, it's, it's true. Like, this is what they're saying. So, that's kind of where I got that from. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't... This is the reason why people thought they were all dead. Yeah. But I think it's clever, though. Yeah, my dad, exactly. <laughs> um, I think it's clever, though, like, kind of to play into what we've talked a lot about, about how the writers kind of played it in up a little bit, didn't they? Like, you know, like, oh, 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 look, everyone, they're in purgatory, lol. So, yeah, again, it's it's a case of watching it at the time, like, you know, thinking, what the fuck's going on here? Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I ever truly... Like straight away, it was like, "Oh, this is fake" or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I do like the way the plane crash is kind of weaved into all of the flashbacks, and mm. you kind of get you get a feeling for the time and place because this would have been huge news uh, when they found the plane. So it really gives you we get to see all over the world and people reacting to it. It's kind of in a way a background thing, but it's kind of like. It's cool to see the day or the week when uh, this fake plane was discovered and how people were reacting to it, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, we've talked a lot about the Malaysian one, haven't we? But I mean, it is kind of very similar, like that, it's very eerily similar, that kind of what happened with that. And uh, unfortunately, they just haven't found the wreckage for that one. But um, yeah, it's, it's, you're right, like it would be huge news if a plane like this went down and kind of, you know, a couple hundred people are confirmed dead. So, um yeah, and I think kind of it just it adds that element because I, I we talked about this I think didn't we when 
they sort of showed the the news and everything in one of the episodes previously. I, I like kind of seeing the reactions to things like this because, yeah, we're, all we've ever had is a perspective on this island. Um, so to see sort of real-world reactions is, yeah, I like it. I always thought, like, some sort of TV movie or something showing off-island the day that Oceanic went missing or just, like, I don't know, I always felt like there's potential, not a whole series, but there's potential for a movie or, like, some mini thing or even a book. Or I just feel like do I would a, like to have seen more yeah. off-island you could, you could reactions. Do, well, you could even do just, like, a special, um, like, a web, you know, half-an-hour news bulletin, like, in the style of CNN. Mm. Like, um, they did that. I yeah, mean, that would be cool. Independence Day 2 was a god-awful movie, but, like, it was kind of cool marketing in the lead-up to it where they sort of had a website sort of showcasing, you know, all the news and the history that happened between the first and the second movie. And it was really cleverly done because they used to have, they had like heaps of news clips and footage kind of of like what it would have been like in the world post all the attacks from Independence Day. So very cleverly done. So yeah, that, I think that's a great idea. That would have been really cool to kind of see like, you know, breaking news, CNN. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Lost did a two somewhat similar things. They did a, a mini kind of web film. Actually, I listened to your podcast of top shows, and this this was actually in uh, Collins' top shows. It's a terrible show, but um, <laughs> it was Unsolved Mysteries or ah, something like that. And that was near the top actually, of his list, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good job getting all the way through that episode, uh, Noah. <laughs> It was a long day at work. <laughs> Desperate Housewives? Um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring back yeah, Desperate Housewives. <laughs> um, yeah, they did a kind of a parody called Mysteries of the Universe, and it's like a, what is the Dharma Initiative? And they're like, it's supposed to be like a 80s movie TV episode, and they're like, we talked to this person, and suddenly their neighbour disappeared, and... <laughs> after it's really cool I, if you haven't seen it i definitely recommend anyone it's just a parody of about the dharma initiative and what is the dharma initiative and it's talking about secret societies exist all over our our world um so they did that and then they also did a one i think at the end of season four maybe it was webs thing or maybe it's for comic con and it was about uh, Ocean- I think it's called Oceanic Six, A Conspiracy of Lies or something. It's, it's kind of a similar one of, like, I guess nowadays the equivalent would be like a YouTube flat earther or someone, but someone making a movie about how the Oceanic Six is lying about everything, but I guess they were right. Um, hmm. And it kind of tracks like, how could have they been here when this happened? And Just like the flat earthers uh, are right. <laughs> sad thing is when you sat down I'm like well ben uh, maybe you would think that actually i um, i barely like every time somebody brings that up i just and i don't even realize that these people are actually legitimately believing in this crap so no i'm not a flat earther <laughs> trust me <laughs> that's the greatest thing you've ever said thank you um don't get me started oh, yeah. on vaccinations. I mean, don't vaccinate your children. <laughs> I, I really hope you're joking. Hell um, yeah, I'm joking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you just never know in this day and age, do you? But vote for Donald Trump. The man's smart. <laughs> I, uh, in this day and age, anything that is said, I just don't know if people are, are being serious or not. Um, 
Yeah, definitely watch them. I think you can find them on YouTube. They're on the DVDs. Uh, so one for the day of the Oceanic Crash would have been really cool. Um, but I highly recommend those two movies. Maybe we'll cover them uh, after we've got through. Let's get us through the main series first. But, <laughs> um, but uh, that kind of footage bleeds into a news report. They're saying the plane was found near Indonesia. And we cut to just a house and Daniel Daniel Faraday is there and he's crying and he's got like, this appears to be a caretaker. And she says, oh, why are you crying? And he's crying. He says, I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's, that's our one Faraday scene. This is my least favorite of all the scenes. Not, not so much the plane wreckage. I feel like just a short shot of Daniel crying and it's never really like, I'm not going to say it's an unanswered question, but it's never really like, like, why is he crying? I like the whole plane thing. I think that's cool because I think it's kind of, you don't know what you're looking at. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy crap. Um, So I do like that. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of just odd that he's just there crying. You know who Daniel Faraday reminds you of? I think I've brought this up to you before and like this is just a this is a personal thing between Noah and I or anybody who goes to the University of Tasmania. Um <laughs> Craig. He reminds me of Craig. Definitely. Yep. Just just putting it out there. <laughs> Our references are getting more and more niche as we go. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to add. I do like when these guys are searching for it and they're like, maybe we'll find some doubloons. And they're like, oh, 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 Ryan, no, we're not going to find doubloons. Like, little in-jokes. They weren't weren't fancy British men. No. (laughs) Hello, we've got to find some doubloons. (laughs) Ron, maybe we'll find some balloons down here. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty fascinating if they found balloons down Bloody there. Bloody hell. Like, <laughs> how did this balloon <laughs> survive <laughs> in Bali? Yeah, that would be fascinating. Um, next is Miles. Um, uh, when did Ghost Whisperer come out? I feel like we're in. Uh, when are they, they going to bring back Ghost Whisperer? All right, so hang on. So after last, we're going to do Murphy Brown, Murder She Wrote, <laughs> then Ghost Whisperer. Okay. The list is set. I, I, I hear that uh, Matthew Fox is free <laughs> for the Ghost, Ghost Whisperer reboot. Wasn't that um? Was that uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt? Was that her? Uh, yeah. <laughs> now starring in Nine One One, she's not a good actor, so I don't know how she could hold her own show up. So, <laughs> yeah, get Matthew Fox in for the Ghost Whisperer reboot. Yeah, an all male reboot. Stuff these all female reboots. <laughs> like, come on, I want Ghost Whisperer to be Matthew Fox. I know that I know that he's uh, he's busy on Moonlighting Junior, but <laughs> actually, you, you joke about Matthew Fox. Uh, he was actually in a a show. I think it was a year before Lost. I can't even remember the name. Where Matthew Fox was a Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> so he's already been in Ghost Whisperer. I can't remember his name, but it was about him walking around talking to ghosts. So well, there we go. Matthew Fox has already been in Ghostbusters. We've, Go- uh, Ghostbusters. we've talked about on our third watch one, we might do a random month where we just pick four actors and just do a random episode of a random TV show they're in. Just, you know, like, hey, he's... So, so, so we need to do that with lost actors and we need to find Matthew Fox Ghost Whisperer show. 
Yeah, so uh, it, it predates Ghost Whisperer as well. Let's see. Uh, Groundbreaking. Haunt, haunted. Ah, oh. he played Frank Frank Taylor. Ah, oh, that's for it. 12 Who could forget? Uh, TV's most iconic characters, Frank Taylor. <laughs> Unfortunately, Haunted was cancelled due to low ratings. Oh, could you imagine? What if it had only... high ratings? We might never have had Lost. Uh, as a result, only seven of the episodes were ahead. Oh, um, poor Matthew. And probably punched the a poster. The poster, it, it's got two slogans, this show. Uh, oh. It says Matthew Fox at the top. Haunted. Dead men do tell tales. <laughs> and the second the second uh, phrase, which my personal favourite is, haunted, feel the chill. <laughs> and that Both did of it them right? Were on the poster. Come on. <laughs> Police officer Frank Taylor had the perfect job and perfect family. After his son's unsolved abduction, his life and marriage and career disintegrate. This sounds like a, a Matthew Fox biopic. It is. <laughs> he leaves the force to become a private investigator specializing in missing children cases. Um, let's see. Frank has a near-death experience and he sees his missing son. When he regains consciousness, he finds that the dead can communicate with him. And, and that they have frightening manifestations. <laughs> oh, God. Some of the dead, however, abuse his new <laughs> abilities to him. They abuse <laughs> him? Oh, because of the cops. <laughs> abuse his new abilities to intentionally mislead him. <laughs> or harm him. Uh, Matthew Fox is Frank Taylor. Who else is in this show? Rust- Russell Hornsby as Marcus Bradshaw. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> John Mann as Simon Dunn. Uh, Simon Dunn, Dunn. Lynn Dunn. Collins as Jessica Manning. And Michael Irby as Dante. Oh, classic casting. Should always be a Dante and Michael. Just such a good actor. <laughs> oh, please, can we this find is, an episode sounds, of this show? Yeah, this sounds like a great, great, great show. Um... How many Emmys did it win? It ranked, <laughs> ranked 153 in the TV season. Oh. 153? Yeah. That's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> How many? There's probably like a 10,000 TV. It's 153? What's below it? <laughs> well, it was 2002. Not exactly the prime prime year for TV. I don't think. Desperate Housewives um, is probably below that. Yeah, we need to definitely cover Haunted, Feel the Chill. Um, when are they bringing back Haunted? Oh, God. Uh, with, my, with Matthew Fox. <laughs> well, it'd be sad if he didn't even get the job for the reboot. Um, yeah, so this one, we're focusing on Miles. Literally last week, we were introduced to Hurley, who could talk to the dead or hear the dead uh, or talk to the dead. Now, literally an episode later, we're introduced to a character who can uh, talk to the dead. So we see Miles. He shows up to a house. He's taking the lady's money. And he's got these weird machines. And he goes in. And it, well, it's her grand, grandson who's been murdered. And he hears her. And what is it that behind his, uh, behind his wardrobe... What is it that he finds? It's, uh, it's money and drugs. And some money. cash. Uh, and then 
he lets lets the lady off, gives a refund, says it wasn't as hard as hard as he thought it would be. Um, so basically, it's just an introduction. <laughs> Uh, it's just it's just an introduction to the fact that miles can hear the dead which plays into the episode later um i do i don't mind this so much but i do think lost got a bit carried away in the later seasons of let's give everyone a superpower like suddenly walt doesn't seem so special if everyone's got some sort of thing and the fact that hurley literally just had a um a similar power a, a week ago is a bit like well come on what's with all the ghost stuff uh matthew but at the fox, same time matthew it's kind fox of... producing these episodes all of a sudden <laughs> you got a producer producer credit. God, great idea <laughs> he was trying to do a crossover um now, Miles' introduction into Lost, uh, he's actually got a bit of a Lost connection because he was in Saw 1 with uh, Michael Emerson. It's, believe it or not, I, I could see uh, Miles in Ken Long in Saw, but the fact that Michael Emerson is, was in Saw is still a little mind-blowing. Um, the first one was so really he, good, he already, The first Saw was... I think I've only seen the Saw first is good. Two. I think I've only seen the first two. I like the first Saw, but I'm still sticking by it. Uh, like most of Michael Emerson's career, it is below him. Um, <laughs> maybe even lost as well. This guy should be in. <laughs> he should be doing Shakespeare. What is he doing? Um, Italian shows. Yeah, so so that's our introduction to Maya. I don't hate that he talks to the dead, but I just feel like they should have chose him or Hurley. Uh, but it's a pretty it's a pretty intriguing scene, at least. And I like how it plays into the episode with Naomi as well. Yeah, so do I. I. I just like, I just like Miles. I just kind of just his whole character. I just I always enjoy him because it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like I mean we're gonna get that joke, aren't we? Was it next episode? Like, great, another Sawyer. Um, <laughs> but you know, and you kind of feel that way a little bit with him because you know he's a bit of a jerk and everything. But I don't know, there's just something about him that I just always appreciate. I think I even remember when it started when he first was on the show. I liked him then too. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think when I first saw this, I didn't believe that he could see the dead or hear the dead or whatever. I just thought he was just, you know, Bomb man. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it is interesting. I don't think I really have as deeper feelings as you do in regards to the whole thing, like with Hurley and everything. But it's a good point. Um, every, you know, everyone's got a superpower and such. But yeah, I do. I do like it when eventually he's going to be like, see Naomi. He's just like, yeah, they're telling the truth. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does play well with that. Oh no. Oh no! Just take me, take me to her body. Um, yeah, Miles is cool. That that line next episode. Oh great! The, the boat sent another Sawyer. Uh, <laughs> Sawyer's softening up a bit these days, so it's it's good to have a more of a wisecracker in there. And I think I appreciate Miles more and more on a rewatch uh, than the first time I watched it. But I always I've always liked him. Um, I, I, like Lapidus, another one that one of the few that will make it to the end. Um, next, uh, we're in Medellin in Tunisia. Uh, now, this is kind of a juxtaposition because this is my favorite of the flashbacks, uh, but this is my least favorite of the new characters. <laughs> um, so, uh, they're in Tunisia, and there's a newspaper on 8.15. And then I, I do like uh, Charlotte's quite like her 
connection or a friend or whoever that is. Um, I do like how she's saying, like, how many times do you have to to read that to believe it's true? And what does she say? Like, um, and how many different languages or something? And she's like, oh, how many languages are there? Yeah. Uh, which a bit of a cheesy line, but I do like this kind of obsession that uh, Charlotte has that something's going on here, that this is not, things aren't as they seem, which kind of leads to the fact that some people also off the island are not buying this whole 815 thing, which we'll get into a bit next flashback. Um, but uh, they go in, they bribe their way, I think, again, like the Hawaii thing, they've done a great job. I know you're about to be, I've been to Indonesia. There was no dick site there, but I think they've done <laughs> probably dick better site. than they... I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> probably better than uh, even Echo's flashbacks. I think they do a great job of making this feel like desert Africa, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think I, I was going to compliment that for next episode when we've kind of got a snowy Berlin. Um, so I look, Um, I joke and say the stuff about Sydney, but I mean, they still do their best. And like, if you've never been to (laughs) Sydney, you believe, and like, you know, they're about 70% accurate with what Sydney looks like. Um, it's just the geography doesn't make sense. Um, but I mean, having said that I cover third watch and none of the geography in New York makes sense in that show. So anyway, um, it's TV, Ben. You're just obsessed. I'm just obsessed, (laughs) but yeah, I, I agree with you. It, It looks brilliant because, um, I mean, Tunisia is kind of. Isn't it just best known for where Star Wars was filmed? Like, I don't think anyone else knows anything about Tunisia except for Star Wars, right? No offence to our Tunisian listeners. I'm sure it's a beautiful country. Someone needs to re-edit, like, the, uh, Luke Skywalker looking into the, the sun's or the moon's music over the top of this. <laughs> give it a Star Wars make. Do a George Lucas edit and put all this stuff in the background. With a, um, with a soft, subtle, soft, subtle narration of, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. <laughs> Gets everywhere. Uh, but Charlotte and her friend, uh, I like her friend. I think she's hot. <laughs> um, she is. She's in Tunisia. <laughs> it's a desert. I can't... Who is her friend? I'm trying to look on the... On the... Lost Pier. What's the name of the You character? can have her. I'll have Lapidus. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. Um... <laughs> So she's, I guess she's her handler, but she doesn't sound, she definitely sounds like an American putting on an accent or a British person trying to put on an accent. Um, and she, uh, Charlotte bribes her way into the dick site. I like the, I like the guy, the Tunisian guy who uh, is trying to tell her no. I think he's fun. His name is Tunisian Dig Worker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's no right, theory. that's just because of the way he looks. Yeah. He has to be called Tunisian dig worker. He's played by Kanayo Chimalu, uh, who is a, uh, played the role of African Tunisian man. Uh, his only credit uh, for television is this. Uh, he's a former student of the University of Nations in Kona, Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so basically just pluck someone out of clay. Anyone here can be a Tunisian? <laughs> you, yep. Yeah, Anyone African well, he's from Nigeria. So. Has anyone in this country um, heard of Tunisia? You? All right, come on. <laughs> You're in. Put on this chicken suit. Um, <laughs> still my favourite guest star with the big interview about the chicken suit. Um, How did they get you on the show? Well, they asked me if I wanted to be in the chicken suit. 
but what they find in the dig site, which I, I love this. This is one of my, probably my favorite bit of the episode. They find a polar bear uh, skeleton. And what's great about the later seasons of Lost is they really kind of planned out season to season. Not to say they didn't with season one, two, and three, but this will have a payoff in the finale where, oh no, in episode nine, I think it is, uh, The Shape of Things to Come, when we see Ben show up in Tunisia. And then that will have a second follow-up by the finale. And it won't be obvious to us, but we can put all three different episodes together and realize, ah, this is this is what was happening. So this is what happens when people say, oh, they never answered things. And so sometimes you've got to... You've got to do the work. Mm. We don't have dialogue saying, well, there is a polar bear in the desert because blah, 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 it's blah, blah. It's not pop-up but... video. There's not a line every single time coming up. <laughs> this polar bear is there because. <laughs> yeah, like, you've got to do the work, and this does have an answer. It's not like a, it's not a groundbreaking thing that changes the show, but it's just a cool, a cool little thing that reminds you, oh, uh, there is more going on in this lost universe outside of just the island. And we see a lot of that in the flash forwards. And it's always why I think if they ever did do another lost show, it should be set off island. Cause it, there is a lot going on related to Dharma and Widmore and the others. And uh, this island has more bearing off, off the island than just being things happening here. And it, it is really cool setup for Charlotte, even though I'm not a fan of Charlotte and, this kind of forced Lara Croft thing they're trying to do here. Um, it's a really cool setup because now we think, oh, shit, is, is this girl looking for the island? We know she comes to the island, but now we're thinking, oh, is she, is she searching for the island? Because that's a really cool plot line. Uh, it's a shame her plot just went to absolute shit over the next season, but um, I think it's a super cool setup regardless of the eventual payoff for her character. And I just love the polar bear in the desert. Uh, and of course the polar bear has a hydra station collar as well. So maybe this polar bear was, at one time was eating fish biscuits, like soya, but uh, yeah, this is my favorite of the little scenes and we can talk more about Charlotte here and later and throughout the season. But this scene's great. I would agree with that because like you were sort of saying about a lot of sort of a Lara Croft vibe. I was going to say like an Indiana Jones vibe. I mean, same kind of thing really. Um, except one's a man, one's a woman, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like it is, it is actually a pretty good start and yeah, I, I really do despise Charlotte. She just does nothing for me. (laughs) Um, not in that sense, just the character. I mean, like she's just annoying. She's just just annoying. She is. She's just so annoying. I just do not like her. But here it's kind of, yeah, it's like, I, I like this big reveal of all of a sudden there's a polar bear in the desert and it's kind of. It's kind of cool. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think right now, in uh, isolation, Charlotte's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> then she turns into Charlotte. What does she say when she dies? Like, Mummy, I don't want a popsicle or something. <laughs> I'm not supposed to eat sweets after dinner or something stupid. <laughs> Just die! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Her death. Joining Echo, I think. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to eat chocolate after dinner. Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, so moving over from... It's a very worldly uh, worldly 
flashback and we're cutting over to the bahamas um very james bondy um this week and next week it's very uh bondian episodes of lost we talked about haunted but maybe they were trying to tie in get daniel craig on um uh so lapidus he's one and only flashback he's in the bahamas uh, he's watching the news. And what I love about this scene as well, it's kind of not so much about answers with the polar bear, but just scene setting of, like, we never outwardly told that Lapidus is some sort of drunk or conspiracy theorist. or But you just by watching the scene, you can put it all together that there's this guy. He's clearly American. It seems like maybe he's living out in the Bahamas. You can see that maybe he's a bit of a recluse or a bit of a strange guy that you can tell that he wasn't always like this and that maybe maybe he drinks a lot. Naomi calls him a drunk later. You can see that maybe he's into kind of conspiracy theories and for whatever reason he's put him... He used to be an airline pilot and now clearly in the Bahamas it doesn't look like he's doing that and he's got this little shack and he looks a bit a bit rugged. Um so I just love the scene setting of it. There's, there's no explanation for why he's in the Bahamas, but there doesn't need to be. Like, it's just they could have had him just in his house in somewhere in America, L.A., like where a bunch of people in the show are from. Uh, but he is there, uh, which I, I just like the way that this episode and Lost in general is setting the scene. We we. Find, we get such a sense of Lapidus in one two-minute scene without them ever outwardly saying a lot of this stuff. Well, it's funny you mentioned about how he wasn't meant to be sort of a main character, but like it's kind of interesting. Like, you don't, you kind of feel you don't never, you don't ever need to see him as more, more as you, more than you do. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, yeah like it'd be great to get a full flashback episode, but I kind of just think like what makes him such a great character is you get him, like, as much as you do. It's kind of like how Desmond started off. And, like, I'm not to say, like, obviously we wanted Desmond as much as we get Desmond because he probably brings, the you know, some of, if not the best storylines in the entire show. But, like, there's just... I think you get enough of Lapidus, and it's great. And, like, you're right. Like, just this one scene sets him up. It doesn't matter where he is. And kind of you, you, you take a look at him, and you can kind of buy into everything that people are saying about him as well. But, yeah, he's just... just I love it. And I, I do love this scene when, like... They get there on the news and they're basically like, and warning, some of this footage may be distressing. They're literally showing, like, rotten bodies. What news channel is this? <laughs> like, what I is wrote this? That, like, <laughs> they would never show this on no. the news. Like, it's it's well, the distressing. One, the one that, um, not the one that's missing, but the other Malaysian one that went down not long after they got shot down over the Ukraine or wherever it was. Um, and they found the wreckage. They found the bodies. There was the leaked footage of the the Russian soldiers who found it basically walking around with cameras and you saw all the bodies and it was all put on those like live leaks and rotten.com. They never aired it on the news because um, they were like, this is yeah, way this too distressing. And like that, but, that like a, yeah. A full frontal like shot of the, the pilot. <laughs> Just on the six o'clock CNN news. And here's Lapidus on the phone to the Oceanic Hotline. Put me on the supervisor. What is it, sir? Put me on the supervisor. And like... I do, I do love that. We're getting a lot of calls. But I also love the fact that, like, you got to admit, like, if you've got a line like that set up for an emergency like this, I'm sure that, a, you know, a, a good proportion of calls are from people who are a bit loopy. Like, you know, like, you're going to get somebody calling up that Malaysian hotline going, oh, I know they're alive. Like, you know, I saw it in my dream. Like, things like that. I'm not 
talking down to those people. If you legitimately think you saw it in your dream and you can help, great, fantastic. But I do love the way... <laughs> I that, am talking down to those <laughs> I do love the way that this oceanic person is so quick to believe them, like... Oh, well, well, maybe he took his wedding ring off or maybe it fell off in the water. Like, surely this person would just be like, sir, thank you. Yes, no, no, no. I'm sure we'll take that on board. <laughs> like, we will pass it on. I feel like they're just, just a bit dumb on the phone. I just think that the hotline's probably being flooded with people saying, my kids were watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, poor old Seth Norris's family. Yes, exactly. Daddy's on TV. Oh, <laughs> it's so distressing. Oh. It's like a zombie. Um, just a, a quick side note. Uh, uh, Charlotte's hot friend. A bit of connection for you, N- Nika Zardigan. She was on Twenty Four. So. Oh, what season? Uh, I don't know. It just says Twenty Four. And more recently, Emily Owens, MD. Oh, God, that's a show we need to cover. What a show. <laughs> when do they bring back Emily Owens, MD? Um, but, yeah, uh, the, the news report, uh, Frank's watching, they found the plane. Um, <laughs> just the footage of Seth Norris is just <laughs> never in a million years. Like You'd have to but, search but the, the also, dark net to see that. Also, can we just point out, spoiler alert, like, They've gone to the effort of getting dug up graves to put fake bodies in this plane. So there's somebody out there watching that going, is that John? Like, wait a minute. (laughs) That's a real person's relative they've dug up from a grave somewhere. (laughs) Then all of a sudden another family member's going to be like, holy fuck. Well, I can't remember if... uh, I can't remember if it's in the actual show or if it's in that bonus conspiracy of lies thing I was talking about. But I'm pretty sure we've more got these grapes from Thailand. So. But that's a white person. Uh, I'm not trying to say that, like, <laughs> Thailand, like, I'm sure you can have white Thai people, but, like, come on. Like, legitimately, most people from Thailand are of Thai origin. And that is a white guy who's meant to be Seth Norris. But even then, like, if it's, if it's a Thai guy, like... It's not going to look like Seth Norris if they put the photo up in the studio. <laughs> like, like Echo, I, Echo's body. And he's like a little Thai guy in the back going, oh, and here is Echo. <laughs> like, it's not going to work. Maybe, maybe the the plane is too far deep, but it's such a risky plan because all really? it takes is for them to re- recover the bodies and do like some tests because they're going to want to know which bodies they've recovered. So they're yeah. going to be testing them to see, oh, this is Jack Shepard or like the families are going to want to know. So I'm guessing maybe it, it's too far deep for them to recover, but it's, it's such a risky. I do like how, how much influence in the world that Charles Wimmore has. Yeah. And I think it's an awesome plot line, but if you really logically think yes. about it, it's so damn risky. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's, 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 <laughs> Because you are right, they have to identify them. Like, you don't just get a plane crash and go, okay, well, um, no, nobody would ever change seats in this plane, would they? So clearly this young little girl uh, is Jack Shepard, okay. Uh, <laughs> this big, fat, black guy is Kate Austin. Okay, sweet. <laughs> like, it's just... Fat album. <laughs> I... I I mean I'm not saying there aren't any big uh, big tie guys, but I, I feel like uh, they're going to be uh, wondering about Hurley, surely. 
Like, surely you can't you can't disguise that. Yeah. Um, no, it's. Uh... <laughs> Oh, we've just debunked all of Lost right there. This stupid plan we're, from Weebles. We've ruined this show. <laughs> oh, what a terrible show. Um, so, uh, um, uh, Frank sees that, and they've got, like, the Oceanic Hotline, like we mentioned, and he calls it up, um, and he's talking to the girl, and <laughs> I, I get what they're going for here, but... Uh, I feel like the writers struggled for a reason for Frank not knowing. The reason is dumb. Uh, so he goes, oh, I know Seth Norris. He married his high school sweetheart at 19 and he never took off his wedding ring. Um, <laughs> uh, don't you just get the sense of like, all right, we need Frank to know that this is a hoax, but we need a we need a believable reason, and I feel like maybe time was ticking, and they never got that reason before they had to submit the script. Yeah, I mean, kind of the the guy does have a good retort there, like, oh, maybe it fell off in the water, or maybe he just like took. Yeah. He, I mean, like you know, yeah, you might know a guy like his childhood sweetheart never took it off since he was nineteen. Men are bastards. Like, you know, that's what you could believe. He could be banging a flight attendant for all you know. Like, Kimberly, yeah. Kimberly Joseph and him could have been hooking up. <laughs> so, you know, God, you think you know yeah. someone. Well, that's, I mean, I know plenty of people very well, but I would never, never enough to make a claim like that, like, yeah, I'm sure he told you, Lapidus. Oh, yeah, I never take off my ring, but like, never. Um, so, yeah, so the the oceanic guy, oh, I think it's a girl, uh, makes perfect sense. She's like, uh, yeah, maybe it fell off. Um, they did crash, and the 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 image of the hand is so distressing. Yeah, like, <laughs> the hand on the wheel. Um, it's distressing on a fake show, let alone if this was on the news. Uh, and I know this is not Seth Norris. Uh, and what, what? I think this is a hoax. Or, uh, so one moment. And they, uh, how do you know this? Because I was supposed to be flying 8.15 that day. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's a good... Uh, I remember watching this the first time. Like, oh, shit. Um in the end, that kind of plotline doesn't have, like, a big bearing on the show. But what I like about these four characters is just like a, a lot of the other characters, in one way or another, the island eventually got them. Lapidus was supposed to be flying 815 and he didn't crash, but he still ended up on this damn island. Um, Faraday's parents are both from the island. He ended up there. Um, Charlotte was there with the Dharma Initiative. Miles was born on the island and was brought back. So in one way or another, even though they explicitly state this in like one episode, over the course of the show, we eventually, if you look back on it, you can see, uh, oh, the island eventually got them all in the end. So he may have cheated at this one time, but it got him twice. Um, that's a good point. But it, it is such a great line, though. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a, another, oh, Charlotte's looking for the island and Lapidus was supposed to be on the island. Um, the monster would have eaten him instead. Well, do you, I was going to say, like, do, do we not wish that, um, you know, we could have we could have had um, Seth Norris, what's his name, the guy who plays him? 
Greg Greg Grumberg. I was going to say Greg Grumberg instead of Lapitas. I mean, I love you, Lapitas. I love you, Jeff Fahey, Fahey, however you say his name. But Greg, I like Greg Grun- Grumberg too. Like, I think he's a pretty good actor. So... The difference here, though, is if Lapidus was flying, of course they wouldn't have crashed. True, because he's Lapidus and he's amazing. <laughs> it's Lapidus. <laughs> Lapidus! <laughs> what kind of um, pilot do you think I am? I, I really like the scene, though. He's one and only flashback scene. I would have liked to have seen more, but at the end of the day, I think you're right. It's not overly necessary. Um, and the last one is our friend Naomi, and she's getting a briefing from... Matthew Abaddon, who we met last week. This is the difference with these short seasons. If this was season three, we would have seen Abaddon in episode one and then in episode eight. But literally, we met him last week and we're seeing, oh, she's in another flashback. And we see he's setting this mission for a, uh, this is extraction mission. And the people for the team are Miles, Charlotte, Lapidus, and um, Faraday, and... Naomi said, I can't do this as a head case, a ghostbuster, anthropologist, and a drunk. Uh, and I do like uh, Abaddon's response. To be fair, he's a pretty good pilot. Um, <laughs> uh, and then what if we find survivors? There were no survivors. I love Lance Reddick is a great actor, I think. Um, mm. But what if the, there were no survivors? One thing this episode and this season really does, it's got that very like seedy, underbelly kind of conspiracy theory going on that a lot of the off-island stuff you see like oh there's this there's shady stuff going on in this world related to the island uh with Widmore and Abaddon and everything going on and it's just got that very like sinister vibe to it sinister tone which I really like um but Naomi's supposed to get them in get them out uh so you think you can do that sure why not um I I, uh, I I really like the new characters. I, I've always felt that it's been a bit... The reasoning for those four is a bit weak and never really, like... Like, they all have their purpose, but it, it never really comes to full fruition. And I think a lot of that comes from writer strikes and, uh, and shorter seasons. But I, I like having this one final scene with Naomi. It's a good kind of conclusion to her character arc because she was really the first of these freighter folk we met and this is her kind of last episode. So it, it's a good way of tying her story all together and and tying it into these new characters that we're meeting and seeing Matthew Abaddon one episode later. Yeah, I mean, I like Matthew Abaddon. Uh, I like his character. I like, you know, all these kind of things, but... Eh, Naomi. Um, I seem to be sexist, don't I? I just don't like the females, apparently. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's... it's Yeah, I agree with you. It's just I'm not too fussed about seeing this because I don't really care, to be honest. I don't like Naomi. So. <laughs> well, that's the flashback. We've been introduced to our, our freighter folk. Uh, Charlotte will never really have a, a proper flashback. Lapidus. Oh. Um, so... Faraday and Myers will get one episode in season five. Um, both. I, I feel decent. Faraday's involved a lot more too, isn't he? Because he kind of ties in with Desmond as well, right? Yeah, it's funny because Faraday's only in two seasons of this show and he disappears for a part of season five, but he does of these four seem like the main 
main character of the four of these new characters, I think. And I like him, um, the actor, because he's... Uh, I know he's in Twister, um, like, back a long <laughs> he's time. He's such a great ago. actor. Um, but, I mean, he's been in lots of things, too. What's his name? Um, uh, Jeremy... Uh, Jeremy Davies. Jeremy Davies, yeah. No, he's... Um, Oh, he's been in tons of things, Jeremy Davies. But uh, I, I remember every time I watched Twister, I'm like, oh my god, it's Faraday. Uh, so, but he, he's in that show Justified, where he plays like a redneck from the south, <laughs> and just his, his range. Dicky Bennett. I'm seeing that his name in that one. I was in yeah. Texas Rising. Because uh, he seems like an actor who, if you watched him in Lost, you'd think, oh, every every character he plays is. Well, some he's sort of like that in Twister, so that's where I kind of just assumed <laughs> he would be the same in everything. Yeah, but really, and I think he's in Saving Private Ryan. Or yep. something. So he's he's got quite a lot of range, Jeremy Davies. He was in uh, his very first acting role was playing Roger in General Hospital. <laughs> Roger. He what was also he in a now? movie called Investigating Sex, where he played Oscar. Oh, well, we'll have to cover that one. That has Alan Cumming in it. It's got Boris in it. (laughs) Kind of poignant that Alan Cumming's in a movie called Investigating Sex. (laughs) Just put it out there. uh, Jeremy uh, Davies, um, is it his mother or his father's name is Mel Boring? (laughs) Mel Boring? <laughs> wow. What a bo- boring name. Why, why didn't he keep that as an actor? Jeremy Boring. <laughs> Jeremy as Boring. Daniel Faraday. <laughs> what does he do? Oh, no. He's in Arrow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeremy. At first, it took Michael Emerson, then it, then it got Jeremy Davies in the end. The show that kills actors' careers. Yeah. But he was great in Justified. Um, yeah, so uh, moving forward, uh, it cuts back to the chopper and they're all jumping off. Everyone in this show just seems to be great at parachuting and, my God, I'd be terrified to do it with a professional. But, um, and then have a helicopter again. Like, a plane and a helicopter are two st- different beasts. <laughs> like, have you ever been in a helicopter? No. I've, I've had one, well, technically two. I'd get there and back in a helicopter. But, like, it is kind of freaky when you're getting out of it because you're just thinking of these blades above you. Like, oh, my God, how close am I to the blades? Uh, would you ever go skydiving? Oh, you live in New Zealand. I would rather go skydiving than bungee jumping, but I, I, not, I'm not desperate to do it. But, like, I mean, I don't know. If I was, like, on the Amazing Race or something like that and I had to, but, yeah, no. Probably not. I'm a wuss. I won't even go on a roller coaster. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I went zip lining the other day for the first time. How was that? That uh, was good. I I'm scared of heights, but it was fine. I've, I've the, the, I did the walk around the Auckland Sky Tower, and you know you're a couple hundred meters <laughs> up in the air, and you're attached by a cable, and you I did that with Nook Chester, like good old Nook. He bungee jumped off the top of the Sky Tower, so you should be talking to Nick about doing this. He, I watched him <laughs> bungee jump. Well, the thing I want to take away from this is uh, I've got recorded proof of when we're on the Amazing Race, you said that you would do the, <laughs> the, the, the skydive. So, uh, and you've got recorded no, no proof that I said I would, and then I'd stick it out, and then we'd lose. And <laughs> yeah. up, never letting me live that down. You said on this episode... <laughs> 
it's a win-win for me. You either do it because you said you would, or you don't do it, and I've got recorded proof of you saying you would. So, uh, works for me. We'd be great in the Amazing Race. Uh, well, as you told me last week, it's coming back, but there's a small problem that I live in Korea. So. And I live in the place with sheep. Yeah. But Remember I, when we I, used to I, record and you only lived like 45 minutes down the road? That was a <laughs> good time. <laughs> now 45-hour flight. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think Survivor is a much superior show, but I think I'd do much better on, or at least have more fun on The Amazing I, Race. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Like, I can barely last with a season of The Amazing Race, to be honest, because it just never changes. Um but, yeah, I, I if I had to choose... Honestly, I would choose Big Brother, then The Amazing Race, then Survivor. I mean, I love camping, but I went camping the other day, and I, my back was sore for a week <laughs> after that. I, I couldn't do Survivor. I just want um, to do it and- just to say that I've been on Survivor. I would probably quit after two days because <laughs> I just... I, I, it's not the, like, the thing that would kill me. I've always said the thing that I would be worse at is the living on the land, like sleeping on the ground, the bugs. I, I get chafy. I always have to have showers. Like, I just, I wouldn't last in a situation like that. So, but Channel 10, if you're listening and I apply next season, I want to go on the show. So, put me on. But this is where you've got recorded proof now of saying, I can't do it. But then that's what they play when you win. Yeah, exactly. Like he said he couldn't do it. You know I'd be... Everyone he knows right. I would be first boot. I'm not winning Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, almost be honoured to be a first boot rather than be, like, the eighth boot. Like... Have you watched the most recent Survivor? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I realised if I ever played Survivor, I think I would have been most similar. And I, it, it's very sad, but I think... My game would be Gavin from. <laughs> Gavin. I think I could do pretty well. I can get along with people, and I realised when I was watching, I'm like, oh yeah, I would get to the end thinking, oh, I liked Gavin. I've done pretty well, and then I'll get to the end and realise that everyone thought I was shit the entire time. I right, see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't think I have ever thought of myself of making it that far because I just. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it's it's in all seriousness. I just don't think that. Like I think I could do the strategic game. I think I could do the social side of things. But I just think if I ended up on a tribe that lost a lot at the beginning, I'm going to be an easy target to vote out. So how about the challenge of the challenges? How about the challenges? Is that what you meant? Yeah. Oh, I mean. If I can get past all the swimming ones at the beginning and stuff like that, and like it just ends up being standing still and holding a rock for three hours, I think I could do fine with those because it's the same challenge every single fucking time. Give me a gross food eating challenge. I wouldn't give a shit. Um, give me, you know, things like that. Um, any sort of memory one I think I could do okay at. Um, but, I mean, it's just the problem now, isn't it, with Survivor? I mean, I've started watching the season, what, five of the Australian one, the first Champions of Contenders, Fucking challenge in like episode three was literally a penalty shootout from soccer. <laughs> like people bag out the very first Australian Survivor because they had a measuring competition. Like, oh, guess how much water's in a cup? Like a penalty shootout. They're not even trying. Um. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome back to Side Lost. <laughs> uh, so. We have uh, meeting back up with episode one, Faraday with Jack and Kate, uh, 
I'm Daniel Faraday, and I'm here to rescue you. Did Did you find Kate to be especially annoying this episode? Not really. Kate was just normal. I thought she was <laughs> annoying. Um, so Kate gives Faraday the sat phone, Hang and on, he calls Minkowski. I'm Daniel Faraday. I'm here to rescue you. We're just in such a Star Wars theme, aren't we? Right now, isn't this where like Kate or Jackson turn around and go, "Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper?" <laughs> I could, I could imagine Kate saying that, uh, <laughs> mild flirting. I can imagine Kate as uh, Princess Leia. Uh, but he uh, he calls uh, Minkowski, learned there was an electrical storm. Um, and then I like this. Uh, Daniel, am, am, am I on speakerphone? Yeah, just one more moment. But the the thing with like the gun in his back is just so like obvious and dumb, but... He's I do like a, that Minkowski. He's so terrible at like hiding. That's me in a situation like that. Uh, uh, mm, um. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about each character because he's yeah. not really interested in all the palaver that's going on, but he kind of has to be involved. He's like, um, we don't really, we haven't really got a character like that, have we? So it's kind of, it's something a little bit unique. Yeah, and it, it's helpful to have the physicist to come on the show and explain things that need explaining. Yeah. Um. But they're going to help him find the rest of his team. Uh, then we have a random Gummy Joe in a storm scene, which we haven't had a Gummy Joe in a storm scene for oh, a few seasons. Gummy Joe. Um, he said, oh, no, it's about to pass. Don't need to worry. Um, and they're walking in. Locke says he wants to make a detour before they go to the barracks. Uh, and he wants to go to he, the cabin. Um, it tells them he got orders from Walt. This is a bit silly with Hurley, like, oh, but I thought the cabin was this way. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the airplane cabin. Like, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get, like, random Saeed and Juliet, which is not a pairing we get often in the show, um, talking about whether or not they can trust the boat uh, and wants to know why Ben was saying they would do, do them harm. Um and then uh, Jack, Kate, and Faraday find some luggage from the chopper, which has gas masks in it, which they start getting a bit suspicious. Like, why do you need gas masks? Um, which will pay off in a terrible episode coming up, The Other Woman, which is coming soon. Uh, and then this this is quite a good line. Well, rescuing you and your people. I can't really say it's our primary objective, which... Cue that clip being played in the previously I lost for like the rest of the season, the show. But um, that's a great line, isn't it? I, yeah, I do. And I also like the fact that when he's going back to when you're saying about the speaker section, like, you know, I'm on speaker. It's kind of this is where all of a sudden you're like, oh, OK, maybe Ben was right. Which, you know, again, yeah, I mean, we of, still don't know, do we? No. And I think it's like it's great. And it's because it really does like add to it, everything, doesn't it? And like, oh, I'd like. You talk about Kate sort of being annoying, and like I don't really see it, but I think props to Evangeline Lilia Matthew Fox are some good facial acting sort of around the reactions. Because, <laughs> like, particularly, like, seriously with Matthew Fox, because, like, there's some great moments here. If you just watch him, they kind of go from, like, joy to just, like, what the fuck, like, really, really quickly. And it's kind of just you really sense that urgency mixed with just, like, oh, my God, we might be wrong here, kind of. Because you can imagine if you were in that situation. And you, you know, bet on the wrong horse here. And you're like, oh, my God, like, what is happening? Now luck can never change you. 
Well, you learn that kind of facial acting from being abused by ghosts in Haunted. <laughs> ah, a ghost! I thought you were about to say, you learn that type of facial acting from the Emily de Raven School of Acting, now <laughs> taking placements for 2020. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, but they... Uh... Yeah, it's not our primary objective, which I love that. And then the phone radar picks up. Oh, that's Miles. Oh, let's go and get him. Uh, back in the other group, Sawyer wants to know what Walt told uh, Locke. He said, oh, he told me I have work to do, which is very cryptic. Um, <laughs> what does Sawyer say? Something like, well, you didn't want to ask any follow-up questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which he has a point. Locke would be a bad journalist. Yeah, uh, I I do like the thing where he shows. Well, if I still had a kidney, uh, this this bullet would have yeah, would, cool. would have killed me. That's cool. uh, that's kind of neat. Um, and then uh, back back on the, I always love these kind of these rocks setting that they use mm. a bit in the show. Always nice. Um, and they find Miles. Miles is pulling a fast one on them, which. Pretty good, seeing as he's just crashed uh, in a parachute. But they go over it. Is he dead? He pulls a gun on Jack. and I don't know where Naomi is. Um, what does he say? Easy, handsome. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I want Jack to say, oh, thanks. I, 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 there is a lot in this episode where... Uh, I like the episode, but there is some dialogue about it. Uh, the tell my sister I love her thing. That's a code. Yeah. If Jack said right now, tell my sister I love her. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like we get it. Like, you don't have to over explain it. Yeah, uh, but that that does feed back into when I like that we had to wait wait a week for that. Like Naomi said it, and I guess most people probably didn't think twice about that line. And then you can think back. Oh, oh yeah, she did say that when she died. Uh, tell my sister I couldn't get any more firewood. Um, <laughs> This is where we need to drop Naomi to just jump down from the tree. (laughs) Um, uh, So he says, take me to Naomi's body. And Kate's saying, well, you wouldn't even know what happened. Uh, Even if we took you, it was Locke who could. That's where he says, oh, no. And we cut to the flashback of him as the ghost whisperer, um, Frank Taylor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then uh, Ben, this just... Typical Ben Linus mind games uh, when he's talking to Sawyer. Uh, back in the real world, you're nothing. Just a low. Sure, here you might be an action man. You might have some value, but there you, you're nothing uh, next to a top class surgeon. Ben Linus is great. Like just out of nowhere for no reason, just absolute mind games on Sawyer. And I love it. you're wasting your time, Yoda. He's a man who would be good at Survivor. We've gone over that before. but Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's been taking a bit of a beating in the last few episodes. Yeah, remember he's brain damage, I think, at the moment. <laughs> like... In real time, Jack just beat him up in the finale uh, a few, like, a day ago. So. Uh, so he beats the shit out of Ben and wants to know why they're keeping him alive. Um, Locke saying, well, he's been on the island longer than anyone and he has information that we need. Fair enough. Um, then we cut to Miles standing over Naomi's body and, oh, yeah, uh, 
they're telling the truth. <laughs> uh, so it turns out, I guess Naomi talked to him and she did tell them that Locke, Locke killed him. Uh, do you want to give your final thoughts on Naomi? Some quick, uh, quick eulogizing of Naomi Dora. She is from Manchester. She died. She didn't have a sister. <laughs> she was in uh, 12 episodes. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, it won't be her last uh, appearance on the show either. Um, she'll appear in season five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she's interacted with all the main characters, except for Boone, Shannon, Echo, Libby, Basically, the ones that were dead before she arrived, which is crazy. Um, she has a, a tattoo on her upper right arm. Cool. <laughs> okay. uh, she's one of eight supporting characters to have her, their name in a soundtrack title. Um, yeah, there's not really much here for... She's oh, in things, though, a... isn't she? The actress, she's been in other things. I don't know if I've um, seen her in anything. Marshall oh, Thomas Naomi, Tomasen. Naomi was the name of a personal helicopter pilot assistant to Carl Stromberg in oh. James Bond film The Spy Love Me. I don't think this is a Bond film reference, is Karen. <laughs> uh, she was in White Collar. I know Mallory likes that show. Uh, no, I don't, don't know if I've seen Marshall Ah, Make it or break it. There you go. A uh, guilty mean. pleasure show about gymnastics that I used to like watching. So. <laughs> oh, when are they going to bring back Make It or Break It? It's actually quite a good show. I'd gladly cover that show. <laughs> Got some uh, good good eye candy in that show. So The you... trivia for Marsha Thompson is she is a fan of Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just like the survival one we used to do. Favorite actor is Brad Pitt. <laughs> right, we need to go through every single Lostpedia page and add is a fan of Al They like, they are a fan of Al Gore. Um, yeah. And then we get into an I, argument I, with someone at Lostpedia. How do you know that? They could be a fan of George W. Bush. Well, maybe they're a fan of both. I I don't think I like dislike Naomi as much as you. She's just that she serves a purpose in the show and the original of the Freighter People. And it's crazy she's in twelve episodes. Um, yeah, she's a fine character. It says here we never find out what RG on the bracelet stands for. I guess that's that's true. RG um, Bargy. <laughs> I think that was funnier in your head than when it came out. Everything's funnier in my head before it comes out. <laughs> Uh, but after the, uh, they they talk to dead Naomi, uh, they see that Charlotte's showing up on the radar. She's only three kilometers away. Um, and I love this bit where Jack, like tough guy Jack, well, you need to hand over your guns because there's some of my people in the in the bushes and they're gonna shoot you. Which, which when you're watching, you're thinking, even though he winks at Kate, you're thinking, well. Come on, Jack, this is terrible acting. Um, But then, yeah, uh, Saeed and Juliet do just start shooting at them. It's Uh, a great great moment. It's really great. Because, like, again, even watching this again, I was like, oh, Jack, bullshit, Jack off, mate. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you're like, bang, bang. You're like, oh, okay. 
You go, Jack. The survivors are getting better at uh, island tactics. They're turning into the others now. So. Um, Bit of Jack Bauer from Jack. <laughs> I do like Charlotte's waking up scene where she's she's hanging upside down over the river and she drops herself down, definitely Lara Croft-like, uh, and she runs into Locke. What did he say? Well, hello yourself. Um, <laughs> this is what I, this is one thing I don't like about Charlotte is just that... <sighs> At least with Faraday, you kind of like, you can see he's pretty bad at lying, right? And like, um, Miles doesn't give a shit. Like, he's just, you know, whatever. Whereas, like, Na- as much as I don't like Naomi, you kind of, she was believable, I feel, in kind of just the way she kind of was like trying to sell it. Whereas, just, just something about the way Charlotte is it. She just comes across as so fake. And I just, I would not believe her. Like, I, I just don't know. And the actress, I mean, she was in a Marvel movie. She was in one of the, I think it was a Captain America, wasn't it? Um, this isn't a random little scene. She, I know she was in a Marvel movie, but like, I've seen her in other things and she's not bad, but I don't know. There's just something about the way she portrays this that I'm like, ugh, like, you're just annoying. Rebecca Mader is her name. She was in Once Upon a Time, which is where lost actors go to die. Iron Man 3 she was in. She was in, I thought it was a Captain America, but Iron Man 3. Um, yeah, I can see what you're saying when she's there. She's like, why wouldn't I be interested in what happened to you guys? Come on. She's a little too cheery. Yeah. I feel. And she's annoying. Yes. <laughs> uh I, I like this little bit. It leads into kind of the flashback, how Saeed saying to Miles, well, why aren't you surprised to see us if our plane crashed? It leads to this kind of sinister thing I was talking about, like the, this whole conspiracy going on in the world. And Miles is great. Wow. You were in Oceania 15. Oh, my God. I love Miles. You're talking about... Uh, <laughs> You're talking about Charlotte being fake. I think Miles is the most true person on the show. Oh, um, he's so good. I love him so much. He's like, every time I rewatch his show, he becomes like one of my favourites. Um, but then on the flip side, it cuts to Charlotte, who's shocked that they're alive, or at least she's saying she's shocked. Um, and then Locke's basically saying, well, we don't actually want to be found. Uh, then cutting back to Chad. I don't like this bit where, oh my god, Charlotte's running from something. Uh, what is what is going on? And it's like Vincent. Uh, Random I've Vincent I've just commented, like, why? Where's he been? Like, he's the Bernard and um, Rose. Like, just, where is he? I get, oh, we don't want to be found. Uh, why did they not just leap? Why did they tie it to Vincent's back? Run away, run away, Vincent. Poor Vincent. <laughs> used. Yeah, he gets abused and used on this show. Uh, I didn't like that bit. I just commented, why, on my <laughs> notes. Like, why tie it? And just the way they... It's so obvious that, oh my gosh, she's running. Like It's just so obvious that... Tie it to Rousseau. To Hello. Bonjour. <laughs> Russo, uh, it's, it's weird seeing her in this show so much. Um, Why is she still hanging around with everyone? <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought she'd take her daughter and run. Um, <laughs> but she should have ran. We'll get to that in a few Aww. episodes. Um, then we uh, we have Lapidus waking up. Uh, I like 
uh, Lapidus has a little interaction with one of Mikael's cows, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Random. And it just walks off. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's these little moments in Lost, I think. Um, and he shoot, shoots uh, Flair, but Locke's saying they won't go. <laughs> my favourite, one of my favourite all-time Sawyer lines ever. Uh, sure, who are we to argue with taller ghost Walt? <laughs> Which, it's it's such a meta line. Like, he, he would never say that, ever. But that's what I kind of like about Lost. It's got that kind of Star Wars quality where it's still a serious show, but they do say things that are very TV-like, but they're fun. Like, that's such a great line. Um, <laughs> ben just shoots Charlotte. Like, this could have been the end of her. Like, and... When when they show the bulletproof vest, Michael Emerson does the best. Like, oh shit, face. Like you talk about Jack face acting, but this face acting from Ben of like, oh no, I screwed up. Um, and then Jack's crew they found Lapidus, and oh, where did the chopper crash? What do you mean crashed? <laughs> what kind of pilot do you think I am? Uh, I put it down safely over there. Which I don't really get, because then why does he wake up next to the cow if he landed? The... Doesn't really make sense, but anyway. Um... And who flew the other chopper that crashed? How bad were they as a pilot? <laughs> well, I think we assume it was just Naomi, but maybe there was a pilot that died in the water. Um... Uh, so Myers calls up Regina, and she's saying, oh, Ms. Minkowski can't come to the phone right now, which this is what season four does, are brilliant, because that's such a throwaway line, but in a few episodes, we will see exactly why Minkowski can't come to the phone. Um, and then they were saying, well, we don't want to take Naomi's body on the chopper because uh, there's not enough, there's too much weight. Um and then I like this little bit where Lapidus is talking to Juliet and he's like, uh, mm. what's your name, Juliet? Oh, I've studied, which is such a, leads to this kind of conspiracy theorist, like weirdo kind of, of course he studied all the names. I just love the moment where oh, Miles, oh, <laughs> Miles, she wasn't on the, the manifest. It, God, it's Ethan all over again. Um, what Wasn't on the plane. <laughs> Ethan, he wasn't on the manifest. Well, hello there. <laughs> uh, and then Miles uh, reveals that they're here for Ben Linus, and he's got this picture of Ben, which is taken somewhere off the island. Uh, cuts to Sawyer's holding Ben up to the tree. Uh, and see, I told you, I told you we should have shot him. Um, and Locke's like, well, you were right. <laughs> And he's like, I'm going to shoot him. And Claire, shouldn't we talk about this? He's like, what does he say? Going to hit your baby, Claire, or something like that. And she's just like, all right, shoot him then. My baby. Oh, my baby. I just love, like, if anyone doesn't want to see this, you should look away now. Who wants to see someone's uh, head get blown off? Rose is um, all like, oh, I want to watch this. <laughs> What was it in uh, earlier in the episode? Locke is such a hypocrite. Cause, uh, sure, James, let's just murder him in cold blood in front of his daughters. Bitch, you just throw a knife into <laughs> Naomi's back. 
And this you did is not where... have the high horse in. And it's also, too, you got to think about it. Like, he's Naomi, uh, not Naomi, Charlotte, you know, hearing before about, like, you know, oh, we don't want to leave this island. And, like, here she is around, like, murderous, like, survivors just willy-nilly. <laughs> like, what if she was legitimately a rescuer from, like, you know, the US Air Force or something like that? They found Malaysian Airlines and they're always <laughs> killing each other. It's just like, you know, Lord of the Flies here. They've created their own lawless society right now. It's like, she's like, um, excuse me, it's murder. You can't do that. <laughs> Um, and then uh, the others do or Ben does what the others do best which is just listing Mm. resumes of people they always do this Uh, her name is Charlotte Lewis she's born in 1979 they always do that your name is Jack Shepard you studied medical and they they just rattle off facts about people Uh, so they keep him alive because he knows everything about Charlotte um and we'll get into a little inconsistency there in, in a minute, but he says all this stuff. She went to Oxford, anthropologist, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he talks about the others. Oh, I know all of them. Oh, how is it that you know it? Uh, I know all about them because I have a man on their boat. Now, <laughs> we we talk about good lost cliffhangers. This is a bad lost cliffhanger. It's a bad lost cliffhanger because why, as viewers, would we be remotely interested in who their man on the boat is? Obviously, we will later find out, oh, of course, it's Michael. But from our point of view, there's so many others. Like, oh, it's Ryan. Like, there (laughs) is literally no reason as a viewer, other than the fact that it's Michael, that we should be even thinking about this so this is not a good cliffhanger the thing too with the cliffhanger it's, it's kind of spoiled because if you pay attention to the opening credits you see harold yeah. perrineau's name on it and obviously he doesn't appear for a couple episodes does he so i mean if you're an eagle eye person watching that you're gonna go well hang on a minute i saw michael's name in the credits but wait a minute like it's kind of don't put his name on the credits that's kind of dumb i yeah it's not their fault uh, back in 2008, there was a law where you had to be credited if you were starring in the show, if you were considered a star, a starring character. So nowadays, I believe uh, the laws have changed, especially in this golden age of television, where if it serves the purpose of the narrative, they can get away with not crediting people. But back in the day they had to give. Otherwise, they wouldn't have, I'm sure. Um, it's kind of like the the seven thing with Kevin Spacey where he what did, he negotiated that they wouldn't have his name in it or something like that. Um, yeah, some actors go uh, credited in certain things like that to, yeah, keep it out of it. But, yeah, I didn't... But TV, I think I in TV, different. yeah, it wasn't possible at the time. Um, I think I even remember they had announced Michael was coming back because I think at this point it was just too hard to hide it. So I think everyone knew, unless you were just a casual fan, that Michael would be coming back. Um, I guess a lot of the casual fans probably didn't know, oh, Harold Perrineau is Michael mm. and probably didn't notice it, but more of the hardcore fans. Um, but I maintain it's not a good cliffhanger. There's no reason as a viewer we should be especially noting who bends man on the boat is. It's, it's, it's like just a cliffhanger because they're like, there's a man on the boat and like, oh, we thought he'd have a woman on that boat. <laughs> um, 
So let's get into a little bit of trivia for this episode. Um, let's see. There is something interesting about... Um, but the Oceanic Airlines hotline number is seen on Frank's television. Calling this number results in an automated message, not a human operator seen on the show. Well, it wasn't real. Uh, the most interesting one is uh, Ben's uh, recitation of Charlotte's birthday as July 2nd, 1972 was an error. Uh According to the producers, they implied that Charlotte's birthday should have been 1971. And my favourite bit is the producers initially assigned partial blame for the error to actress Rebecca Maida, <laughs> indicating the Maida changed the date on set without the producer's permission. Lyndon Hoffman Cuse later retracted the statement and apologising, admitting Maida's script had indeed shown 1979 as Charlotte's birth. Uh, despite the confusion... The Northern Cues maintain that 1979 date is incorrect. I love that they're just like, oh yeah, she changed it. Um, Which at the end of the day, like if she had, I'm surely there's a director or like a script supervisor on set going through all the lines. Otherwise, any actor could just you know come out and say like, oh yeah, I was born in China on the eighth of (laughs) July, 1956. Oh, that's in the script. The problem with the inconsistency is we later see her as a child in the early 70s um, in Dharma. So I think this is one of those things that we're just going to have to accept. Lost got it wrong here. There's an inconsistency. Um, I guess you could argue Ben Ben got his facts wrong if you really wanted to fit it in. But, yeah. I hear that a lot. Um, uh, so when Miles is over Naomi's dead body, whispers can be heard. Uh, if you listen to them, they say you got to see it through. That's great because of the eventual answer about the whispers. Um, really good. Uh, production notes starting from this episode: Dominic Monaghan is not credited. Mm. Thanks. Um, <laughs> actors from Tunisia did a looping voiceover session for this episode. Well, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> In the enhanced version of this episode, ABC identified that the woman in Faraday's flashback is his caretaker, and this episode was initially titled 324 Confirmed Dead. Confirmed Dead is a much better much yeah. better title. Um, questions and answers. Who's the man on the boat? Who's the man? <laughs> if Sorry. They, if they're going to make a big deal out of it... I mean, who's the man in the boat? The little man in the boat? No, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'm being dirty. No, I'll move on. <laughs> oh, do you have any other questions or answers? Um, what are the bodies on the plane? Like, what's the plane? Like, who? Who? I don't know. Is there something around that? Or well, didn't we already ask uh, this uh... similar question? Season three. Uh, oh, what's up with them being all dead and wreckage found? Yep, no, you're correct. Um, so we should get into rankings for this episode then. Um, rankings. What are you going to do for confirmed dead? Uh, I'm ac- rent or buy? I am buying it, and I'm actually placing this quite high in my rankings too because I actually really enjoy this episode. Like, I really enjoy this episode. Um, it goes by very quickly. I, I enjoy everything. There's nothing really I don't enjoy about this episode. Even Naomi's little flashback and Charlotte's I can tolerate. So uh, <laughs> I've actually got this ranked 12th right now. So um, I God. 
thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I have this between just below Tabula Rasa and just above The Man Behind the Curtain. My God. I feel like you didn't talk this episode up enough. For I know. I feel like I didn't either. But I just, like, going back to what I said at the very start, like, I just kind of think I like the way you have just these brief flashes of these things. It works. Give It gives you enough of a taste of each of them that you want to know more. Um, and just, like, you know, the the helicopter and kind of, you, you really feel like things are happening now. You, you really do feel... Like, there's mm. just a great balance of, shit, these people are going to get off the island, there's a helicopter, but then there's also so much mystery around who these people are and everything as well that you just, you know, and I, I really think that, like, everyone is great in this episode. Like, even if Kate is annoying, I don't think Kate's bad. Like, you know, Claire has a shitty line, but, you know, she says one thing, so there's nothing to take away from it. Like, I just think there's there's not a whole lot wrong with this episode. I think it's a very complete episode, and... It just it makes me want to watch more. I think and like kind of like I think I'm going to really appreciate season four a lot more than I ever have now because I just I know I know what's to come now. I I remember what's happening. So and I I like all the stuff that's going on. Um, I I think I'll buy it too. I was hovering between a rent and a buy. Um, it's definitely not twelve. <laughs> uh, but I do think it's kind of the perfect follow up to complement the. Premiere, especially if you think about the Glass Ballerina and Adrift, which were the past two second episodes of the season. This is kind of the perfect complement to things we were introduced to in the first episode. It expands on more of that. It does a great job of introducing the freighter folk while keeping the mystery and suspense. Um, And even though we don't get a flash forward, and that's what we're wanting to see at this point, the flashbacks definitely keep us interested in these characters and it's a unique way of doing it and introducing them right off the bat like this. Um, So yeah, I I think it's a worthy buy. I think all round it's a solid, solid, we're still in the setup of the season, but I agree things start like, feel like they're going places and just the overall tone of this tonally, it's perfect. I think it's just got this kind of, yeah, sinister conspiracy tone that I mentioned before. So I, I say it to buy to. Bit of a record then. Uh, Can I just point out? Uh, with that buy, you officially now break your longest streak of buys in a row. So this is your seventh in a row. And wow. uh, that breaks your previous streak between uh, Season 2, Episode 20 and Season 3, Episode 1. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, I'm on the same stretch as you. I started with the Brig. We both started the Brig, and we haven't done anything else but buy since. So, yeah, new record. Well, let's see if that stays true. Uh, Next week is uh, Lost Does James Bond. Um, (laughs) Next week is The Economist. We've got a flash forward back after a brief brief hiatus. yeah, interesting episode. There's some there's some stuff to talk about next week. I like next week as well. Like I don't necessarily like it as much as this week, but I don't know. I just I the flash forward's intriguing to a point. Um but it's just it's mainly the island stuff that's really keeping me, you know, I just I'm just so involved in the island stuff right now. I think it's great. And you know, it's it's interesting. I think the thing about the flash forward is that, yeah, we get to meet another Oceanic Six member. We learn that. But I, I think the ending is what is like, holy fuck, like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So like that to me is where I don't look down as much on, on what we're going to have. So yeah, I I think there's some good stuff and I another one that I actually quite enjoy. 
In the meantime, um, actually let us know what you thought about confirmed dead or uh, please confirm if you are dead. Um, <laughs> Matthew Fox, if you to talk to you. Yeah, we'll get Matthew Fox in and he can talk to your dead relatives. Um, maybe that's where he is. Maybe he's now like a medium. Um, <laughs> I feel like medium is just a good word to describe Matthew Fox in general. And but, then um, we can cover the show medium. <laughs> Oh when are they bringing back Medium? Medium and Ghost Whisperer crossover event <laughs> featuring Murphy Brown, uh, Murder, She Wrote. Feel the chill. What was that one with uh, Moonlight? That was... <laughs> <laughs> Moonlight Junior. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let us know what reboot you would like to see. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter? Yes. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Um, email. Don't at me. MSN. Don't, MSN. don't at ben. Don't you dare at him. Um, Yahoo Messenger. Aim. <laughs> we're on it all. Um, so Tumblr. Let us know what you thought, and uh, Ben will respond to you. Uh, I don't do the social media, and don't have my private account because I won't accept you. Uh, <laughs> at everyone at Noah. <laughs> In in the meantime, uh, we'll be back next week for another episode. Uh, My name is Noah, and feel the chill. My name is Ben, and back off, handsome. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.